That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to the Tech Meme Ride Home for Wednesday, October 7th, 2020. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, the House has released its big antitrust report on big tech. Facebook has banned QAnon everywhere it can. DDR5 chips are finally here. Shogun is an interesting raise. And could a VR Infinity treadmill be the next home workout hit? And also maybe the first step to Star Trek's holodeck? Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. Two huge stories dropped late yesterday afternoon. In a normal news environment, they'd have been front page stories, and not just in tech circles. But in the current news environment, did you even hear that? After a 16-month probe, House Democrats released their 450-page report on the competitive practices at Apple, Amazon, Facebook, and Google. Their conclusion was... All four enjoy, in their words, monopoly power, and the report outlines various changes to combat that, including breaking up the businesses, quoting CNBC. The recommendations from Democratic staff include imposing structural separations and prohibiting dominant platforms from entering adjacent lines of business. This means that the Democratic staff recommends solutions including forcing tech companies to be broken up or imposing business structures that make different lines of business functionally separate from the parent company. For example, this could include a scenario such as forcing Google to divest and separate from YouTube, or Facebook doing the same with Instagram and WhatsApp. Subcommittee Chairman David Cicilline of Rhode Island has previously referred to this method as a type of Glass-Steagall law for the internet, referring to the 1930s law that separated commercial from investment banking. Also, instructing antitrust agencies to presume mergers by dominant platforms to be anti-competitive, shifting the burden onto the merging parties to prove their deal would not harm competition rather than making enforcers prove it would. Also, preventing dominant platforms from preferencing their own services, instead making them offer, quote, equal terms for equal products and services, end quote. And finally, requiring dominant firms to make their services compatible with competitors and allowing users to transfer their data, end quote. All of the companies have responded subsequently, and of course, they all disagree with the report. Amazon, for example, said in a blog post that, quote, fringe notions on antitrust would destroy small businesses and hurt consumers, end quote. And Apple said that it, quote, vehemently disagrees with the conclusions reached in the House report and claimed that it doesn't have dominant market share in any categories of its business. Reading the report last night, I think these are the key bits for each of the companies involved. Basically, the report posits that Facebook enjoys monopoly power in online advertising and social networking. The report recommends that, quote, any acquisition by a dominant platform would be presumed anti-competitive unless the merging parties could show that the transaction was necessary for serving the public interest, end quote, which would be a change from the recent regime, which has seen 500 acquisitions by tech giants scrutinized by regulators over the last few years, and not a single antitrust challenge to any of them. I found the section quoting an Instagram employee interesting, quoting CNBC, the former employee told the staff in an interview cited with Friday's date that then-Instagram chief Kevin Systrom, quote, wanted Instagram to grow naturally and as widely as possible. But Mark, 
obviously referring to Zuckerberg, was clearly saying, do not compete with us. It was collusion, but within an internal monopoly. If you own two social media utilities, they should not be allowed to shore each other up. It's unclear to me why this should not be illegal, end quote. Amazon actually got a lot of scrutiny of its recent acquisition of Ring, which I found surprising, but the main focus was as expected. Quote, Amazon has engaged in extensive anti-competitive conduct in its treatment of third-party sellers. The report's authors write, Publicly, Amazon describes third-party sellers as partners, but internal documents show that behind closed doors, the company refers to them as, quote, internal competitors, end quote. But also, they're on the firing line for acquisitions they've made as well. The authors also claim Amazon reached its dominance partly through acquiring competing sites such as Diapers.com and Zappos, as well as adjacent businesses to add customer data and, quote, shore up its competitive moats, end quote. The report says Apple has monopoly power in the, and this is interesting, Market for software app distribution on iOS devices. Quote, in the absence of competition, Apple's monopoly power over software distribution to iOS devices has resulted in harms to competitors and competition, reducing quality and innovation among app developers, and increasing prices and reducing choices for consumers, the staff wrote. As for Google, the report says Google has a monopoly on online search and search advertising. Quote, as a result of these tactics, Google appears to be siphoning off traffic from the rest of the web, while entities seeking to reach users must pay Google steadily increasing sums for ads, according to the report. Quote, numerous market participants analogized Google to a gatekeeper that is extorting users for access to its critical distribution channel, even as its search page shows users less relevant results. End quote. If we're reading the tea leaves about which companies are the most under the microscope, by various counts, 37 pages in the report related to Facebook, 43 related to Apple, 68 related to Amazon, and 71 related to Google. The report basically recommends two structural remedies, divestiture and separate ownership, read that as the full breakup option, or functional separation with organization details overseen by the government, i.e. read that as less than a breakup, Chinese walls enacted between businesses inside a company, or that whole Glass-Steagall, but for tech analogy. So for example, this might mean, say, splitting Apple's App Store into an entirely separate company, or just putting rules in place that takes management of, say, Amazon's marketplace policies and enforcement of such policies out of Amazon's hands, effectively making Amazon compete as an equal on its own platform. If you want to know why this all is potentially a big deal, well, you got to figure some folks in Silicon Valley think that we might have a Democrat-controlled federal government soon. And quoting the New York Times... Even without full bipartisan support, the report sets important groundwork, says Gene Kimmelman, a former senior antitrust official at the Justice Department. He said the breakup of AT&T in the 1980s was supported by policies set forth by Congress. Tuesday's report, he said, quote, was the foundation for legislation and regulation that enables antitrust cases against Google, Facebook, and others to actually break markets open to more competition, end quote. This also would have made headlines in normal times, but then again, this is a headline about abnormal times. And frankly, given what I just said about some folks positioning themselves for the possibility of a Democratic administration soon, I kind of found the timing of this announcement interesting. Facebook announced late yesterday that it will ban QAnon accounts across all of its platforms, removing all, quote, Facebook pages, groups, and Instagram accounts that represent QAnon. 
And overnight, the reports have been trickling in that this is no mere slap on the wrist. Huge Q-related groups and accounts have absolutely gone. More on that in a second, quoting The Verge. Facebook says QAnon content, which purports that a secret society of pedophiles is plotting against U.S. President Donald Trump, represents an, quote, identified militarized social movement, end quote, which is prohibited under its rules. In other words, Facebook is reclassifying QAnon as no different than an extremist militia group, but not quite on the level of a terrorist organization or full-fledged hate group. Quote, we are starting to enforce this updated policy today and are removing content accordingly, but this work will take time and need to continue in the coming days and weeks, Facebook writes. We've been vigilant in enforcing our policy and studying its impact on the platform, but we've seen several issues that led to today's update. For example, while we've removed QAnon content that celebrates and supports violence, we've seen other QAnon content tied to different forms of real-world harm, including recent claims that the West Coast wildfires were started by certain groups, which diverted attention of local officials from fighting the fires and protecting the public, end quote. Should be noted that Facebook has further clarified that individuals will still be able to post QAnon content on their personal accounts, but again, it seems that big groups and other accounts have gone completely dark. Cheyenne Sardarizada covers online disinformation and conspiracy theories for the BBC, quoting a Twitter thread from him from overnight, quote, Holy hell, just had a look at my list of QAnon groups and pages on Facebook, and it's a bloodbath out there. Absolute bloodbath. I'm down to 31 groups and 49 pages. I had 220 groups and 205 pages just last week. On Instagram, I'm down to 258 accounts. I had nearly 400 last week. The lucky ones that have survived the call have already pressed the panic button. Warnings are going out to members to avoid any references to Q or QAnon. Backup accounts and channels are already being set up. They all seem to have grasped this time. Facebook looks serious. On my list, there are now only five Facebook groups, nine pages, and 19 Instagram accounts remaining with more than 10,000 members, likes, or followers. I can't stress how huge this is. Gone are pretty much all the major QAnon groups slash pages with tens of thousands of members slash likes, end quote. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ka-ching. As you know, I still run the first company I ever founded 25 years ago entirely on Shopify these days. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow the whole way. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling. Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is that you can take any business to the next level, even 25-year-old ones, but especially 25-day-old ones. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ride, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash ride now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash ride. How do you make a password that's strong enough so no one will guess it and it's impossible for you to forget and do it for a hundred different sites and make it so everyone in your company can do the same without ever needing to reset them? 
sounds impossible unless you have one password. More than any other product I've ever told you about, I can vouch 1,000% for one password. I can't live without it. One password makes strong security easy for your people and gives you the visibility you need to take action when you need to. Any device, any time, one password lets you securely switch between iPhone, Android, Mac, and PC with convenient features like autofill for quick sign-ins. All you have to remember is the one strong account password that protects everything else. Your logins, your credit cards, secure notes, or the office Wi-Fi password. One password's award-winning password manager is trusted by millions of users and over 100,000 businesses from IBM to Slack. It beat out 40 other options to become Wirecutter's top pick for password managers. Right now, my listeners get a free two-week trial at one password.com slash ride for your growing business. That's two free weeks at onepassword.com slash ride. Don't let security slow your business down. Go to onepassword.com slash ride. SK Hynix says it is launching the world's first DDR5 DRAM chips, which support data transfer rates of 4,800 to 5,600 Mbps while operating at 1.1 volts versus the 1.2 volts for DDR4. Quoting Hot Hardware, SK Hynix says that its new DDR5 includes error-correcting code, EEC, to correct one-bit-level errors, which is supposed to improve application reliability by up to 20 times. The company also expects that it will be able to assemble modules up to 256 gigabytes in capacity using through Silicon Via or TSV technology. At this point, SK Hynix has lined up partners that include Synopsys, Renesis, Rambus, and Montage Technology. Not surprisingly, one of the biggest names in the PC industry has also thrown their support behind SK Hynix's DDR5, Intel. Quote, Intel partnered closely with memory leaders, including SK Hynix, on the DDR5 spec development, starting with early architecture concepts, through standardization, said Carolyn Duran, Intel VP of Data Platform Group and GM of Memory and I.O. Technologies. SK Hynix is initially aiming its DDR5 DRAM for applications in big data and artificial intelligence instead of the PC market, and that's to be expected, as Intel and AMD haven't yet introduced motherboard platforms and processors that support DDR5. However, both companies have products on their roadmap that will support DDR5 in the future, perhaps in late 2021 or 2022, end quote. Shogun is an interesting raise. We know that Shopify has been on a tear lately, but if you've ever used Shopify to try to build out an e-commerce platform, you might be surprised about how limiting the whole Shopify framework actually is. Let's just say that you can build any type of e-commerce website you want, as long as you only build it in about 8 to 10 different flavors. Yes, you can pay folks a lot of money to hack together workarounds to get Shopify to do what you want it to do, but that's expensive. Enter Shogun, which helps companies build e-commerce sites on top of backends like Shopify and Magento. Shogun has raised a $35 million Series B led by Acel, after apparently seeing its business grow 182% over the last year with more than 15,000 companies now using the tool. In other words, this is a play on top of the Shopify platform, but literally on top of it, like a layer on top of Shopify, allowing you to do things Shopify won't let you do, quoting TechCrunch. Finbar Taylor, the CEO who co-founded the company with Nick Rauschenbusch, said that the startup plans to use the money to continue enhancing its two main products— 
page builder for bigger companies and agencies, and FrontEnd, a headless commerce solution for smaller businesses that offers faster page load times and to help improve its market strategy. To date, much of the company's growth has been organic with a marketing team of two and also only two salespeople. Quote, so it'll be about scaling up those teams as well as our engineer and design and product teams to deliver on the promises we made to our customers, Taylor said. The Series B is being led by Accel with participation from Initialized Capital, VMG Partners, and Y Combinator. The round also has a number of high-profile individuals in it, which speaks to Shogun's credibility in the worlds of e-commerce and web design. The list includes Bryant Cho, CTO at Webflow, Mark Lavelle and Mark Leonard, former CEO and Senior Vice President of Strategy at Magento, respectively, Alex O'Byrne, CEO of We Make Websites, a leading Shopify agency, Brian Grady, CEO of Gorilla Group, a leading Magento agency, and Romain Lapierre, CEO of Gorgeous, end quote. Finally today, we know that home workout tech is hot. Things like Peloton, things like Mirror, which just recently got acquired, if you'll remember. Even our longtime sponsor, Fight Camp, is in this space. But... Could this be the next frontier in home gyms? I'm talking about the Virtuix Omni One, which is a VR treadmill. It's something that VR enthusiasts have been imagining for years. Think of it as a slippery treadmill or an infinity treadmill. If you had a VR headset on and you were walking through the world, you could walk forever because you're on a treadmill that's omnidirectional. So you could also maybe think of this as a first step towards Star Trek's holodeck technology, quoting The Verge. The Omni One is an elaborate full-body controller that lets you physically run, jump, and crouch in place. Following an earlier business and arcade-focused device, it's supposed to ship in mid-2021 for $1,995, and Virtuix is announcing the product with a crowdfunding investment campaign. The crowdfunded Virtuix Omni started development in 2013. It's not a traditional treadmill. It's a low-friction platform that's used with special low-friction shoes or shoe covers and a harness. You may remember the overall VR treadmill concept from Steven Spielberg's Ready Player One. As an Omni One prototype video demonstrates, the device basically holds you in place while your feet slide across the platform, and that movement gets translated into a VR environment. We've tried earlier iterations of the Omni, and it's an awkward yet fascinating experience. The Omni One is more compact than its predecessors, anchoring users to a single vertical bar instead of a ring around the whole treadmill. You can also fold it up and put it away. It will play games from a dedicated store that's supposed to launch with 30 titles. Virtuix doesn't have a full list, but it plans to feature third-party games alongside experiences it developed itself, with the latter category including games similar to Fortnite and Call of Duty. The retail Omni One will be a self-contained system with a standalone headset. It's being tested with a Pico Neo 2, but Virtuix will decide which headset to use for retail in the coming months. A $995 developer kit will only offer the treadmill portion. For users who want the full package, Virtuix is opening a Regulation A funding campaign which lets companies sell shares through a crowdfunding-style process. Fans of the concept must invest a minimum of $1,000, and in return, they'll get a 20% discount on the consumer Omni One, or a 40% discount if they invest in the first week." End quote. Click through to the linked article for some videos of this thing in action. But again, imagine this 
as a home fitness application because apparently the release date has been moved up because everyone is now working out from home. And yeah, if you're in the home workout space, why not strike while the iron is homebound, I guess? That's all for today. Nothing pithy for you. Talk to you tomorrow.